wars were so long ago, nobody even remembers. Darkness and fear ruled until the time of the barons. Seven men and women who forged order out of chaos. People flocked to them for protection. That protection became servitude. They banished guns and trained armies of lethal fighters they called clippers. This world is built on blood. Nobody is innocent here. Welcome to the Badlands. Bonus episode, Into the Badlands. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture Push over pop culture uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Only talent It's the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Hey, thanks for joining us for our Into the Badlands episode. I got the chance to interview two of the actors from the show. First, Daniel Wu. That's the interview that we're going to start off at the top of the show with. The second is Emily Beecham. Now, Daniel Wu plays Sonny, and Emily Beecham plays the Widow. And in this first interview, it was with Daniel, and he was in South Africa filming for the new Tomb Raider movie with Walton Goggins and Alicia Vikander. So it was so awesome of him to take time out of his busy schedule to talk to me. So me and Daniel, they're going to be talking about season two, some of the new faces on the show, you know, and how physically demanding this role is for him. I thought that was very cool. So hope you enjoy this first part of the episode. Then stick around for the second part where I talk to Emily Beecham. Joining me today uh, is Daniel Wu from Into the Badlands. Daniel, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. So happy to have you on. Hey, how you doing? I'm, Glad to be here. I'm doing great. I'm I'm so happy to be talking with you because I actually I watched this show as it came out week to week on AMC and Into the Badlands season two uh-huh. premieres Sunday, March nineteenth on AMC at ten nine central. Yep. So it's coming back. You guys are coming back for ten episodes. Yeah. I think last season we we looked at it as kind of more of an extended pilot, so it kind of wet your appetite about the show. And then this season is the real full season, um, and this is where the real story and all that stuff happens. Yeah, a lot of last season was kind of setting up the world that you're in with mm-hmm. with the the bar- yeah. the Barons, the Clippers, and the Colts. And I'm telling you, the writers on this show are fantastic because I love great world building, and they. I, I talked to Emily yesterday, and like I told her, I said, basically, they right. they throw you into this world, and they don't hold your hand. It's just like, you are finding out about this world just like MK is finding out about, you know, a lot of what's going on. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. And I think that was the beauty in the writing of last season, but I think last season, we teased at what the world was like, uh, but you didn't see much of it, and this season, we, we, we pay that off by giving everyone what they want to see, so they see the other barons, they see the outlying territories, what the world is like outside of the Badlands. I mean, we talk about it in the first season and how it could be, it could be much worse than what's happening in the Badlands. And you actually see it and you see, Oh wow, really? It's like that. So the Badlands is actually a much more civilized place than the outlying territories. So all of that, we're able to expand it so much more this season and give everyone what they want to see. Now, last season was fantastic. Like the the cast was fantastic. Uh, you know, Emily was great as the widow, and I love seeing Stephen Lang in this series. Like this guy, 
He is oh, yeah. just one of the hardest working guys in Hollywood. Last year with Don't Breathe. No kidding. Oh, so good. So, and then Martin, is it yeah, Martin? Yeah, he's great. He's is, great. Is it Martin Sokas? Yeah, Martin Sokas. Yeah, Martin Sokas. Yeah. He played uh, Baron Quinn, and he's, I mean, yeah. this guy is just made to play the villain. He was fantastic in Equalizer. And so when I saw that he was yeah. the main villain in this, I was like, I am on board. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's, he's, he's just a powerhouse and he takes, takes on the Queen character with, with, with so much, so much strength. It's amazing. I, it's, uh, oftentimes when I'm in a scene with him, I'm just watching him work. Oh, yeah. I, I, I bet it's, it, you guys had great chemistry though in that first season. I love the dynamic between you two. It feels like, he has just kind of embraced this dark side and Sonny's struggling mm-hmm. with, with who he is. It felt like in that first season. Yeah. I think Sonny, you know, his most of his life, he's followed it blindly and he's trusted Quinn with everything because Quinn saved him from being a slave, trained him and given, gave him everything he has. And he was, you know, a highly respected person in that world, in the Badlands. Yeah. And he's Quinn's right hand man. And he's also the most feared region in all of the Badlands. So he was in a noble high position, and that was all given to him by Quinn. So for him to doubt it and to go against it, I think was a big struggle for Sonny last season. Right. But yeah. I think with the beginning of this season, what happens by the end of the season, um, of season one, he's pretty clear that he doesn't want to be there anymore. And so season two, he's on a mission from hell. He's been taken out of the Badlands by the River King and sold off as a slave. And as we start the first episode you see him and he's actually enslaved and he looks totally different than he did last season he's a dirty filthy skinny slave um because he's been enslaved for six months and he has to start all over again and get back into the badlands find his girl find his baby find mk and get the hell out of it oh yeah because like in the oh the first season that was just heart-wrenching when uh her parents were killed when Vale's parents were killed yeah and Sonny could do right, that. and that's normally yeah. a situation Sonny wouldn't have blinked at, but because of the relationship that those are his girl's parents, you know, it it really sparked something in him that made him realize, first of all, that what he's been doing his whole life has possibly been wrong, and secondly, that the guy he's been following may be freaking crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, absolutely. The tumor in his head or something is making him go off, and so he starts to doubt that guy, and and really go against him. So. Sonny is in a – it sounds like Sonny, like you said, he's starting over completely in this in this new area of the – he's out of the Badlands. He's in He's in a completely – He's outside of the Badlands. Outside now he has the, to get back in. And we haven't seen this before. But the title becomes much more uh, <laughs> appropriate this season. Right. Yeah. So I noticed that one of the – you got a new member on the cast, one of my favorite actors that I loved yeah. from, uh, you know, the, yeah. the Cornetto trilogy, of course. You know, your Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Uh, yes. Nick Frost joins the cast. Wow. Yes. And what a welcome change, actually. I mean, he he brings uh, a level of levity to the show that we didn't have in the first season, and I think it helps balance out the show much more. Yeah. Uh, but secondly, he, he paired with Sonny. They're an odd couple. He, uh, literally, I'm chained to him in the very beginning of the of the scene. I mean, of the first episode, and you realize, okay, this is not going to be an easy journey for Sonny. He's got to deal with this guy that he kind of doesn't like at first um, and doesn't trust, but he's literally stuck to this guy. 
And then um, as the series goes on, they start to gain each other's trust and then become friends and then become good friends and then they become partners. And so it's a really interesting journey to see their relationship develop over the, 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 the season. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, I can't wait to see that dynamic between you two. Um, is Sonny... Yeah, and, and, and Nick, and Nick, and Baji's character and Nick's character fights pretty well, too. I remember when they were announced, the press announcement for Nick joining our cast, the person wrote, oh, he's probably obviously not going to be doing any martial arts. But man, that guy can move. I'm telling you, I would not want to be on the end of one of his punches or his kicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see that. Now, does he use any weapons? Uh, I don't want to give up too much. Okay. Yes, okay. Okay. All right. Improvised yeah. as well as uh, formal weapons. Yeah. Fantastic. I can't wait to see that. I, I'm a big fan of his and yeah, he, I, I can definitely see him bringing some levity to the show, uh, as you said, but yeah. Well, he also bring, he helps bring kind of Sonny out of his shell because Sonny's in a quiet, introverted character. And so he doesn't really express himself that much. And yeah. Baji kind of, for better or for worse, drags it out of him, right. you know, forces it out of him. And so then as an audience, you kind of get to see how Sonny is thinking without breaking his character at all. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, it does seem like in the first season, Sonny does have a lot of walls built up. Like even between him and Vale, there's a wall built up. I mean, he can't tell her everything he has. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, he can't because that would put her in danger. Yeah. So, he, you know, he has this idea that we're going to go, but he can't really give her details because she gets caught. Yeah. And it's forced to tell her she could die. So so he can't really tell her. He obviously can't talk to Quinn about his problems. And then NK is this new kid that he doesn't really know and doesn't really trust and is not even sure if he's telling the truth. So he has no one to really confide in yeah. in season one. And so adding Nick, adding the character Baji allows Sonny to slowly start to trust somebody and and combine in them. It's, it's so weird because it's, it's kind of the same as the first season. It's just... Can, there's a different contrast here. He was like an emotional slave to Quinn in the first season. And now he's literally a slave in the second season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, so you realize like, well, you know, life in the, in the Badlands probably wasn't that bad actually. Right. I mean, it's a lot, life is a lot worse outside of the, outside of the Badlands and outlying territories. Uh, it was a crazy twist at the end of the episode because I thought, you know, like the ship was supposed to represent freedom and no, it, Totally did not. I mean, it took the tables yeah. got turned on yeah. Sonny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are it we getting what ended up trapping him? Yes, exactly. Um, probably for like his own financial benefit. I mean, he's, you know, Sonny's got to be worth something if he's being sold into slavery. I mean, he's got all the tattoos, all the marks on his body that represent like a kill. And um, I thought that right. was another. How long did it take for them to put those on in the scenes that you had those <clears throat> tattoos? I think it started off as like three to four hours. Wow! And then we got it down to like an hour and a half, streamlined it. Yeah. By the end. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it requires you coming to work at like four o'clock in the morning to get them all done. Oh wow! Yeah, at least it's not like some crazy heavy prosthetics that you have to wear that we see some actors have to do. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not like a troll or something like that. That would be much worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were in the Warcraft movie, so that could have been possible. 
Yeah, but that was all motion capture. I didn't have to do any kind of prosthetic makeup. Yeah, you just had to wear the ping like, pong. If balls. I never have to do, if I never have to do prosthetic makeup ever again in my life, I'd be really happy about that. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so your last season, we got the relationship with you and MK, and of course, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to see some changes with the character of MK because MK was kidnapped by. I'm trying to figure out who these guys were. They, they're kind of like monks that showed up, these uh, mystical monks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it yeah. was really interesting. And so you realize that, oh, he's not the only one that has this kind of power. Yes. There's a group of people that actually have control of this power. Yes. Who are they? Yeah. So this season, you, you definitely get to see that. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you, because at the beginning of the, the uh, finale, you know, that guy shows mm-hmm. up and he says he's discovered another child, a dark one. Number one, I thought to myself, okay, yeah. there's more. Number two, so there's dark ones and light ones? I was like... Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if there's light ones, but yeah. there's the dark one meaning someone that has, has the dark chi or the dark power. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so what these abbots are doing is finding these people and taking them to their monastery to make sure that they're controlled and that they're, they're able to train and control their own power right. so that they're not... A, a dangerous weapon out there. Um, so because of what we, what we, we always said about MK is that he's like a nuclear bomb. Like once he goes off, all hell breaks loose, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why the widow wants him so badly is because he could be a, a, a very useful weapon. Yeah. Uh, one guy can take out a hundred people and not get hurt. That's a great weapon for you in that world because there's no guns, right? Right. Um, and so you you see this season where MK goes to learn and train, and that there's many more like him. Yeah, I thought it was awesome to introduce that MacGuffin at the beginning of the season. And as the season progressed, we learned more about MK's power. Like, you know, it gets triggered when he gets cut. But on the flip side, we know that he can kind of control it because of, you know, uh-huh. he cares for Tilda. And we we saw him yeah. protect her. So, yeah. Maybe right, right. makes me wonder, like, is he in the best place right now where he needs to be or or where are we going to see his story go? So I can't wait to see that all unfold because <laughs> I, I yeah the, the cool the cool thing about this season is that everyone's been separated. So each group of people, each grouping of people like me and Nick, um, MK and his group of uh, monks and abbots. Then there's what's happening in the Badlands and the political strife that's happening there with the Widow and all of them. Each group has their different storylines, and they all converge throughout the season to a kind of climax that happens near the end. So because of that, because we split all the stories up, we're allowed to go much deeper into their character development and who they are as people. And so last season is more of a taste of who they were, and this season you actually get to see who they are, what they want, and, and how do they fit into this world. Okay. Can we expect to see maybe like, uh, you know, one episode, it's a sunny centric episode. Then the next episode, it's maybe the widow, the next episode, or is it just going to be bouncing back? Yes, and forth? definitely. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. And then by the end, everyone meets back up together again. And then there's, you know, chaos ensues from there. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very, um, balanced season, I would say. Now, as far as, I mean, I loved the first season. The first season was just phenomenal. I love the way that it's set up where, you know, guns have been outlawed. Nobody nobody has guns. Mm-hmm. And, and order is, uh, you know, given by, you know, uh, clippers that, that have these weapons and things like mm-hmm. that. Now, 
the problem the, the thing is though is now that Sonny is not the head regent anymore it makes me wonder like what's going to happen if he does come in contact with some of the old clippers that he used to that he used to work with i mean is there going <laughs> to there could be some amazing fight scenes there well, interestingly enough, in episode three, there's a situation like that that happens. And actually, there's not many Clippers outside of the Batman where Sonny is at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So she's not really expecting that, but that does happen in episode three. And the reason not that there are no other Clippers or regions outside of the Batman is because they're not allowed to leave, right? Mm-hmm. They, if right. they leave, they get killed. They're, they're, yeah. they, they will be killed and chased down and killed. So there isn't really any. But then he runs into this one legendary Clipper in episode three. Yeah, this story, the story you're going to have a lot that's more. Actually, one of my fi- favorite. That's one of my favorite fights of the uh, whole season. Oh, that's great. Uh, as far as like the how physically demanding is this series? Because like the the choreography <laughs> is amazing. The wire work is awesome. Because I I love. I'm a big fan of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I love that style. And okay, you, cool. You guys incorporate yeah, some yeah. of that, and I love that. And so, how physically demanding yeah, is man, this it's, role? It's really tough. I mean, I, I can this doing the show is like being on a professional sports team. I mean, you have to be in shape all the time. You're, you're physically being challenged like for 10 hours a day up to six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's very challenging. I mean, it's almost even like people say, Oh, is it like being a, a pro professional fighter? And I go, well, it's, it's a lot different than that because the professional fighter, they train for six weeks and then they go in for one fight that can last up to, if it's MMA, it's 25 minutes. If it's boxing, it's up to 40 something minutes, but it's less than an hour and they're done. Right. Yeah. And a lot can happen. I mean, they can get killed in that hour, but a lot can happen, but it's six weeks. They fight for once and they're done. But for us, we're fighting every day for up to 10 to 12 hours a day for, I think it was five months this season. Mm-hmm. So it's really challenging. I mean, it's really, really physically demanding and you just have to be very careful not to get hurt, not to get injured. Um, not to pull something, you know, all that kind of stuff. And also maintain a certain level of fitness to be able to pull all that stuff off. So it is really, really challenging. Plus the time that we're allowed to do it. I mean, we would redo the show eight days per episode. And to give you an example of like, you know, did you see the Grandmaster, the Wong Kar Wai movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, there's a rain fight scene in the very beginning of the movie, which we homaged in season one. Yes. And, that fight scene in uh, the Grandmaster took 30 days to film for a five-minute fight scene. Wow. And ours was like four and a half minutes, and we did that in six days. So, and I think it's, I, to me, I think it's almost on the same level as that. Um, so that's, that's another thing we're fighting is we're fighting against time to try and get these amazing shots and amazing fight sequences done with a very, very short amount of time. Well, you're doing a so great. It's very, very intense, very stressful, yeah. and very physically demanding. It's all in one. You're doing a great job because I that's 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 why I come back every week. The story's great, but I I love the action because like in the final episode when I finally got to see Sonny go toe to toe against the widow, I was oh, it was a fist pumping uh, moment. Uh, it was so cool. That was that was really a fun fight going through all those weapons and stuff. It was really it was really fun. Yeah, and then also I couldn't believe Sonny was holding his own against those mystical monks. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. This is awesome. Uh, For a little bit. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was three on one. Yeah, but it was cool, but it was cool to see Sonny get defeated. You know, yes. through the whole season, he was almost untouchable. Yes. And then suddenly he comes up to these people who he has no idea how to deal with them. Right. You know? 
Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and we'll see more of that in season two. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I, and I'm so happy that it's 10 episodes because this story is so expansive. Do you know how many seasons that they've planned, the writers have planned out for it? Is it, did, did they have, had, we, we, when we first started, um, before we even started filming, when we pitched it to AMC, we had a Bible that was a six season, uh-huh. um, kind of framework. Yeah of what was going to happen, but things have changed incredibly since then. So we're no longer following that Bible, Okay. but kind of, sort of. So, um, you know, characters that we thought we would kill off early, we decided not to, and some characters that we thought we were going to keep, we ended up killing off. So things have changed, definitely. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. But, but the basic guideline is still there. So we have like a rough, loose sketch of what six seasons would be like, but that's all up to MC to just, each season to green lighters or not. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for at least four to five seasons out of this. Cause I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, and I'm sure that, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that, um, you love being in the AMC family. It's just, it's a great network. Yeah. I mean, it's cool cause they're doing really cool shows that are out of the box, but progressive. And then, you know, things that are like, for example, for our show, they were very adamant in pushing the diversity on our show. Yeah, and 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 it's something I'm quite proud of actually to be. It's it's interesting because when we were doing it, I didn't think about it that much. But the the relationship between me and Bill, you have an Asian man and a, and a black woman. You rarely ever see that on film ever. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Not even just in the United States, anywhere in the world. So that and that created a whole fan base that I was totally not expecting. On Twitter, they have a hashtag called Color Me Badland. And there are people that are like rooting for the diversity of the show. Yeah. And they, they specifically root for Sonny and Bale <laughs> as a couple. And so that's really interesting. Like I didn't think about that. And I'm just really proud to be able to have a voice for these people that feel like, you know, American television, frankly, wasn't diverse enough. That's so true. Yeah, it's true because we, you know, we, we've seen like, I love the, the action movie, The Raid, and now it's going to get Americanized with Frank Grillo. And a lot of people, are upset by that and um it's but it's mm-hmm. nice to see that uh you know uh, there's a lot of a lot of diversity going on in comic books and also you know uh, with, yeah. with these shows yeah. so that's fantastic I think I mean I don't I, you know I don't look at the raid remake as being you know against diversity it's a remake you know yeah. it's not yeah. it's not a whitewashing of a of right. a, of a, of a, of a storyline you know yeah. so that I, well I'm okay with that okay um, yeah yeah absolutely but 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 yeah, in general, I think yeah, the diversity that MC is pushing has been really progressive, and I'm totally supportive of it. I'm proud and proud to be part of it, actually. Yeah, a lot of the Walking Dead cast. I mean, uh, you know, we had Asian mm-hmm. actors, Asian American actors, and then yeah. we had we had a lot of African American actors on those shows. So they they definitely yeah. are pushing that. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Um, yeah. As far as like any other new characters that we can expect in this season, other than Nick Frost, uh, is there anybody else or, or returning characters? That, uh, that that you can tell us about? Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say it in a way that doesn't reveal too much. But like I said, in episode three, the the other clipper that Sonny runs into, he's a new character. Uh-huh. Um, but he it's a short-run character. He may come back next season. Um, we have a bunch of those this season. A lot of characters that don't get killed. <laughs> they were very interesting characters that will maybe make a reappearance in the next season. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm hoping I, – I can't wait to see what's out. I mean, there's so many more characters this season because you get to see the rest of the Barons. Yeah. You get to see the outlying territory. So it's just expanded on, like, you know, tenfold Absolutely. from last season. Yeah, everybody's kind of, like, separated. And so they're going to be introduced yeah. to new characters, and it's just going to build that world even more. So um, I hate yeah. to compare it yeah. to kind of like Game of Thrones, but it is kind of going into that kind of – into into that kind of route where like you know all these the Starks got separated multiple storylines exactly right, right. but that's right. that's great I, storytelling I, think, I mean I I'm not sure if we were trying to model after that but I think the show lends itself to be that kind of show right um and that the that this kind of intrigue that's happening actually adds to the rest of the show um the, the political intrigue the political battle that's happening within the 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 Badlands. Right. What the widow represents and has this feminist ideal um, is really interesting. There's all these ideas that are happening in the show that are more than just the martial arts. Right. And so you can look at the, I look at the show as like an onion. There's so many different layers to it. Yes. And you can take from it from whatever you want. If you like martial arts, like there's the hardcore martial arts fans. There's the hardcore like diversity fans. There's the people that just love Quinn because he's so like over the top and crazy. Um, there's, it's, it, there's so much there and, and it's interesting to see like especially when we're watching a live and you see people tweeting about a live what they're what's kicking them off you know yeah and to see what they're interested in and then i realized that it is much more than just the martial arts i mean obviously that hands down everybody likes but there's many aspects of the show that other people get into like the kids are into tilda and mk you know, obviously, because it's this kind of teenage relationship. Oh, yeah. And then you've got the political stuff between uh, the widow and Quinn. And that's kind of reflective on, hey, what's our political situation going on in America right now? <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Um, right. So, so it's very, very, I mean, there's a lot of things there for a lot of different kinds of people. Yeah. So that's what I like about the show the most, is that it's not just one thing. Yeah. And this season, we go into, we go into more genre mashup stuff as well. Oh, nice. I think in episode seven, we get to see a little bit of kind of Asian horror elements as well. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Oh, that's, oh, that sounds awesome. I, I don't know about you, but I will, I loved, um, uh, the eye. Have you ever seen that? The original? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, of course. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, there's elements of that actually in the, in episode seven. Episode seven is actually my favorite episode. Okay. Um, I don't want to reveal too much of sure. why, but but a lot of it is sunny in a dream state. Okay. So it, it becomes kind of surreal at that point and takes it out of the reality of the Badlands. And that um, was really interesting to me because it allows you to see a side of sunny that you don't would never see. Oh, that's amazing! I can't wait! I can't wait! I can't wait to get uh, can't wait to get through this entire second season. Um, but um, yeah, I really think this this season is actually the first season and last season was like a teaser. Uh huh. Because like this season is really cool. Like this season has got everything that everybody wanted to see in season one, and it's there. You know. What's nice though is like everybody can go back and watch season one on Netflix now. I just noticed it was on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I just I think it just happened Sunday uh, this Sunday. So yeah, that's great. I looked like a like a week and a half ago, and it was not there. So. Um, cause I wanted to, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd watched them as they came out, but of course I wanted to refresh myself and watch it again before the second season. I do that with shows and, uh, it wasn't there. And then I right. just, I noticed it's there. So everybody can get on Netflix. Pretty much everybody has a Netflix subscription now so they can watch season one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can binge watch it on, on the 19th. I think before, uh, our, 
our episode premieres, they're going to show the entire season, I think, during the day or something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, AMC is really good about that. They do that with The Walking Dead quite a bit. Yeah. They, they're really good about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's see here. I I just want to – I want to ask you what what can we just – what can we really expect out of season two that you haven't gone over? Because um, we're kind of wrapping up here, but I want I want to know what what maybe like what was your favorite uh, favorite thing in season two to do? Um, whether it be like a certain scene or or a scene with a certain actor or just what 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 did you really love about season two? Mm-hmm. I loved um, my relationship with Bonnie Nick Frost's character. Yes. And our kind of odd couple pairing throughout the whole season. It's just, it's just little bits of comedy here and there throughout the whole thing and how we're like, we just kind of hate each other but love each other at the same time. And that's kind of an element that kind of, I think audiences won't expect that at all from last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that'll be fresh and new. And then how we, cause this is, I mean, we've always been quoted as a genre mashup show and we really kind of do that this season. We mash up the genres all over the place. Um, but in a very connected, unified way and not convoluted at all. And so I think people will be into that and how the show kind of changes in tone suddenly, but it's still the same show. Um, the, the, the head writer on the show, is it Miles Miller? Yeah, uh, Al Goff and Miles Miller, yeah, the two showrunners, yeah. Uh, if he gets me to fall in love with Nick Frost's character and then kills him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send him some angry right. tweets. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Create a hashtag for that. All right, Dan. But yeah, having Nick is great. I love yeah. him. He's, he's the best. Uh, I miss him so much right now. Yeah, he he's phenomenal in everything I've ever seen him in. So I can't wait to see more of, uh, more of you in this season. I can't wait to see your dynamic between Nick Frost. I just can't wait to see this whole world open up and expand and what you guys can really do now that you got 10 episodes to stretch your legs. So this is awesome. Yeah. 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 I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll like it. If you like season one, you'll love the season for sure. Yeah. I love it. And if people are so, so about season one, they're going to get on board on season two. All right. Good deal. All right. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. I've had so much fun talking to you and, uh, can't wait cool, for man. March 19th. So, yeah, good luck filming your uh, your movie. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. All right. Yeah, that was a lot of fun talking with Daniel. He was a cool guy, and it was really, really cool to talk to him. One of my favorite characters on the show, if not my favorite. Uh, the next interview is with Emily Beecham, and she plays the widow in Into the Badlands. And, wow, uh, I mean, we're, I'm talking to... Emily Beecham, she's been in a Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar. Uh, I mean, that's incredible. So she's also – she was in an airport when we did this, I believe. She was in the UK in the airport. She's on her way to Dallas to go to the South by Southwest festival that they have there. And I think she's premiering or they're showing her new movie, Daphne, which is comedy, drama. And it's about a, a vibrant character portrait of a young woman of the threshold of a much needed change in her life. So, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching this movie. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, uh, you know, Emily in this, uh, Daphne film. It's a comedy drama and I always like those. And so, yeah, here we are. Uh, it's me and Emily and we're talking about the second season of Into the Badlands. Enjoy. Uh, Emily, uh, welcome mm-hmm. to Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm very excited to talk with you because I, 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 I was a big, I was a big fan of that first season. I was watching the episodes oh, as, as they came out and 
Because, I mean, uh-huh. I'm a guy and it got my attention seeing a post-apocalyptic world with people fighting with swords. And so I'm a, kind of a sucker for that. So, um, I, yeah. <laughs> and your character, the widow, it was absolutely uh-huh. amazing in that first season. Yeah. A, a female character. Kind of yeah. And it felt like it was kind of like a, you know, after, after the post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, all the wars and everything like that, it felt like a lot of men, yes. were, men were in charge. And it feels like now we've got this kick-ass woman who's actually trying to build a better world. So can you tell us more about your character in season two? Well, uh, she, she comes into her own more with um, this season. And um, she, uh, she, she gains a lot more control and power and... Uh, so she she has to question whether question herself and uh, look into herself and question whether she really feels that she's capable of uh, bringing all these things that she's promised and um, whether she can walk the talk. And uh, yeah, so in season one, she was wasn't taken so seriously by the other barons and by the cogs and clippers and. Uh, but this season, people are actually really, actually realizing that um, she's a she's a real threat, and that she really could uh, threaten the whole system of the Badlands, and that they have to do something about it. So there's a lot of new dynamics and relationships this season between the widow, with the widow and uh, and the other characters, and uh, yeah. And uh, we meet a lot more of the other barons, including another female baron. Oh, nice. So um, she has an interesting relationship with that one. I realize it sounds like implying something that isn't actually going to happen. I don't know if you... (laughs) No, no. No. Well, yeah, so she has has different, very different relationships, a lot of history with the other barons, and we discover more about that this season, which is interesting. yeah, and we, and we, 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 the show reveals more about her vulnerabilities and a bit about her past. And, uh, yeah, and also her connection to Dark Chi, which she hinted at at the end of season one. What about, like, so, uh, sorry, Karen. What about allegiances with, like, Tilda? I mean, it, yeah. Is that going to be tested this season? Is that going to be what? Sorry. Is it going to be tested this season? We've seen Tilda kind of like have feelings um, for MK. So yeah. I, I don't know. Well, yeah. yes. Yeah, their, their relationship. Yeah. it. it uh, yeah. Tilda is, you know, becoming a woman and also her opinions are she has. Uh, Tilda has strong beliefs of her own and. Uh, this comes to her head and that they, they, they do, uh, yeah, she, she challenges the widow quite a lot. Um, although the widow loves Tilda and, um, favoritizes her and they're a strong team together, but they do have more friction this season Uh, and their uh, relationship is often, um, shifting a lot sorry I'm quite in a loud place <laughs> um, their relationship is shifting quite a lot and um, 
throughout this season and uh, I'm trying to think what else can um well, I mean, say I mean, about that. Yeah. No, it's okay. I what I love about this show is like the world building and we've got Clippers, Colts, <laughs> Barons and it seems like everybody has like that like, like their own there's there's always like a young uh, young and up and comer. Like uh we've got, you know, like uh, Sonny has uh MK and then and then the Baron had um Ryder, uh Quinn had Ryder and then and then you've got Sonny and it feels like some of these, some of these younger members are, they're a little bit more anxious and not as rational sometimes. And they, and they feel a lot with their feelings. So I can see that kind of like being a big part of this season, them wanting to, to do their own thing and not, not be restricted mm. by, by the rules of the, of the, be their own person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that does feature a lot this season and them becoming adults and, forming their own strong opinions and right you know uh tilda doesn't necessarily want to do everything that the widow orders her to do right and she questions a lot of the widow's uh, motives and uh because the widow as usual is acting is is um thing and behaving very unpredictably and doing very making very unpredictable moves uh that even keeps uh tilda guessing so well, it seems like she's yes. setting herself up to be very powerful character. Like even last season, we saw her mm. kind of like, you know, slowly uh, gaining more and more power. So with that more power, it's going to yeah. be interesting to see kind of like, kind of like in like Game of Thrones when Daenerys gets more power, she doesn't always do the right thing. And I'm yeah. I'm, I'm worried about that with the Widow this season because I love the Widow, and I was like, this is I definitely want her in charge over Quinn. Quinn is just a madman. So. <laughs> Right. Somebody else just compared her to Daenerys, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a, yeah, smaller, unassuming. Right. Uh, young, well, woman, you know, um, uh, challenging. Yeah. Now. Uh, challenging. Um, in the first season, there's so much action and I love action like that. Cause I come from like, I love Kung Fu movies and I love like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, things like that. And you've incorporated a lot of that into this show. And so was this your mm-hmm. first role ever where you're doing like wire work and all these stunts and how did you handle that? Uh, well, in the beginning of season one, I didn't talk to you season one. I have not repeated myself, but uh, in the beginning of season one, we, um, we had a five-week training, as you probably know. You probably read already. Right. We had a, a five-week training, and uh, yeah, and that was quite a heavy training. And we were exhausted at the end of it, so we did a lot of yeah muscle building, um, uh, weapon work, uh, yoga, flexibility training, and uh, and then by yeah, and this season it was a shorter training period and. We took, we paced things a little bit slower actually because the series starts so, um, so fast and it's so full on that, you know, it's no point starting exhausted before you, <laughs> right. yourself before you've been started. And, and my first fight scene we shot, that was the first thing that I shot and that was very, um, heavy going. So that was a, a full week of me, uh, doing that. Um, 
so yeah, sorry, you're asking what, what are the training. The, I, the, I, I go off on tangents and then I can't quite remember what your your um no, your, I, uh, question was. It was what was my training? Your training, like it was. How did was, I prepare? Sorry. I mean, I noticed that you do a lot of like uh, you can see like some wire work. Like, what was that like? Is it is it totally is that insane? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, the, the the wire work takes a while to to get used to because it's all about balance. So you can't pull against the wires; you have to go with it. It's 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 a little confusing at first, but it's um yeah, you have to feel where the wires are pulling you and go with that. And if you don't, then you kind of start to wobble about in the air, and it doesn't look so good. So uh, yeah, that that that. That takes a bit of practice. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, you know with the, the flips and everything's right. very different. The stunts, yeah. the stunts in the show are absolutely amazing, and I gotta like, you know, give some credit here to the people that are doing the, you know, the choreography and the and the stunt people on this yeah. show. It's it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they're amazing. So, I, what yeah. are the, what are the big questions that? I've been asking myself, and one of my favorite moments from last season, of course, was in the final episode where we finally got a match between Sonny and the Widow. And I mean, they have, they hyped it up all season here and there, and we finally got it. And you left injured, and now everything going into season two, I know it's six months later, and everybody's off kind of like on their own journey. Is there a chance that in season two, that we could see a rematch? A rematch? Uh, I'm trying to say this in a non-spoilery <laughs> way. There's, yeah. um, there's, a, there's a rematch of sorts. Yeah. Okay. There's a, um, yeah, that they, they, yeah. Maybe that they, they hint at it or leading up to it. At it. Okay. Yeah, that's that, well, that, it was one of the coolest fights that I saw all year. So yeah, of course you can't give it away, but I think I, that's all where that's where all the fans are hoping that it leads to. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> all right, I see. What? Um, yeah, they they want they want Widow and Sunny to yes. have a rematch. So. Yes, because I mean, <laughs> like Sunny seemed pretty. He seemed like he couldn't be taken down one on one by anybody, and the Widow. And Sonny, she held his, she held her own against Sonny. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is something that I want to see happen in the future. Cause that fight was amazing. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun fighting with, um, Daniel. He's very, um, skilled and he's such a brilliant fighter. So, mm-hmm. and he's very supportive as well. He's always making sure you know what you're doing and, you know, talking through things. So yeah, he, he's, he's, a good, good fight partner. Okay. That, yeah. He, uh, he, yeah. he's got that martial arts background and everything. So he's, he's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Um, now before, yeah. before we let you go, I just want to, I want you to let uh-huh. us, let my listeners know like what they can expect uh-huh. from season two. Like what, what is season two uh-huh. going to bring them and, and keep them coming back every week for? Well, uh, well, well, the the world of the Badlands really expands this season. It's it's it's. I mean, the the, the whole thing. We really discover more of the Badlands, and we get so many new, interesting characters this season. So, um, 
yeah, lots of weird and wonderful characters, <laughs> <laughs> which you will see. Um, uh, different tribes and different, yeah. There's, there's a lot of, we meet a lot of new barons, and there's another female baron that we meet, one other female baron who we meet, um, who is not at all like the widow. It's very, very different. Um, yeah, so there's loads of new actors, really exciting new actors, and um, the location's incredible. We're shooting in Ireland this season, and, it, and it's some really excellent locations and sets. It's just kind of sort of bigger and more sort of fantastical looking. Yeah, it's... It, yeah, and the... Um, yeah, and loads of really fun, new, intense fight sequences, and yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of new, new things to expect, yeah. That's awesome because, like, one of the best parts of the first season was just kind of like diving into the mythology and lore of this world that that the writers ha- and director have 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 set up, and that that's what yeah. I, that's what I loved about it. It was just you didn't know what you were going to see. You didn't know. You didn't know. And and the the, the show didn't hold your hand as far as explaining the no. world. You just kind of dove into it with these characters and, and MK's learning about it and you're learning about it. And that's what I love so much about this show. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's constantly unveiling new, new things about the world, which we discover more and more about. Yeah. It's an interesting show. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm looking As usual. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward for season two to just dive into this. And you guys got instead of just a six episode order like you got last year, AMC gave you a ten episode order and that makes me yeah. happy. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Yes. Ten episodes. Because last <laughs> season, I'll be honest with you, six was just not enough for me. It left me wanting more. So it <laughs> And, and there's yeah, well, there's plenty of stories to be told, and I think for X, like some shows, I think maybe they can cut it, they can trim it a little bit more. But Into the Badlands is so rich with the story that I think it needs, it definitely deserves ten episodes. And you know, for my listeners, they they can watch the first six episodes on Netflix now, which is fantastic. So everybody, yeah. get caught yeah. up, yeah, super accessible, yeah, yeah. All right, Emily. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it sounds like you got. Some... I do apologize for all the noise. I'm juggling so much. I'm sort of. I'm flying off to Texas tomorrow you're do- morning. You're, so do- you're doing a fantastic job. I have all these uh, meetings today. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> you're doing a fantastic job, and so, you're doing a fantastic job as the um, widow on Into the Badlands. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today and uh, getting my audience yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, getting excited for season two. So thank you so much, yeah. Emily. Right. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. 
original and good have already been done before so we should separate the wheat from the chaff and we're the chaff the crap even though we're the shit Woo! we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap Fantastic, good and tasty. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. We erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftover. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftover. And we the uncool kids. What's to say already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.